This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Tuesday, the 8th of November. Justin, Medibank says it won't pay a ransom to hackers who stole data of its 9.7 million Australian customers. They've even warned their customers that they may get a call from the criminals (laughs) or see their data online. Not the most assuring thing to start your Tuesday, Juzzy boy. (laughs) Brett, Netflix has launched its ad-supported plan and they've now received a fair old whack from Shonda Rhimes, the producer behind Bridgerton and Inventing Anna. She reckons the mid-video ads interrupt her storytelling. Wow, Justin, three vital stories today. Let's do it. For our first, Coca-Cola Amatil is in a battle for coal royalties worth $80 million with mining mammoth Glencore. I had no idea Coca-Cola Amatil was in the mining game. (laughs) What is happening here? All right, so you probably know Coca-Cola Amatil as the local makers of the iconic soft drink that we all love cracking open (laughs) each and every summer. But Brett, did you know that Coca-Cola Amatil has also dabbled in tobacco, Mm. snack foods, community communications and packaging. And Juzzy Boy, it turns out they actually had a number of coal assets which date back to the early 1900s, including one in Queensland. Now, Brett, get this. Glencore, which is Australia's largest coal producer, has been paying royalties to Coca-Cola for access to this Queensland site Mm. since 2009. turns out Glencore now alleges that Coca-Cola doesn't actually have ownership (laughs) of that site. Instead, the Queensland government does. And they want their money back, all $80 million (laughs) of it. The case is still playing out in court, but the TL DR Jazzy Boy is that Coca-Cola reckons they've still got the rights to royalties from the coal Glencore digs out of the ground. So what is the key learning here? A royalty is a payment made to a person or a company to use their assets, their natural resources, or their copyrighted work. Mining companies pay royalties to whoever owns the land that they're mining on. This way, the owners also make some cash from the natural resources under their land. Another example of a royalty is payments made to musicians each time their music's played on the radio Mm. or TV. AKA Taylor Swift is making a hell of a lot of money (laughs) right now. But Brett, in the mining instance, they're usually paid out as a percentage of the total Mm. coal sales. And with the price of coal sky high at the moment, Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola Amatil is ready to put up a fight for those juicy, juicy royalties. (laughs) For our second story, Atlassian's share price has plummeted over the last few days after some disappointing earnings, and it was their largest one-day share price fall ever. Oh boy, the formerly invincible Atlassian may not be (laughs) invincible. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Okay, so Atlassian is the Australian-founded, US-listed collaboration software (laughs) behemoth. Now, its founders, Mike Cannon-Brooks and Scott Farquhar, started the company in 2002 with a project tracker named Jira. But since then, Brett, it's launched or acquired a whole range of other work workplace products you may have heard of, like Bitbucket, HipChat, and Trello, just to name a few. Now, Jazzy Boy, late last week, Atlassian released its results for the last quarter. And they were uglier than the results on the block tree change. (laughs) While its revenue was up 31% from the same quarter last Mm -hmm. year, its projection for the upcoming quarter was $20 million less than investors were expecting. But Atlassian can't stop and won't stop hiring and growing despite these conditions. Really? So what's the key learning here? When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Despite a shaky share market and shaky results at Atlassian, their founders aren't taking a backward step. You see, Brett, Atlassian had planned to hire 1,032 new staff in Australia (laughs) and New Zealand over the next 12 months, and it ain't slowing this one down. As opposed to a heap of other big tech companies that have put hiring freezes or cuts in place over the last couple of months. Twitter is planning to cut half its workforce. Old Meta, they have warned of major cuts as well. The Atlassian founders reckon that turbulent markets provide quite an opportunity to shake up the tech leaderboards. And Brett, rather than just retreat, they're planning to play offense mm. to snap up quality talent and grow, grow, yeah. grow. For our third and final story, Cooper's Brewery 
the largest Australian-owned brewery, reckons new products and geographic expansion is the key to get it back on track after its sales took quite a hit last financial year. Is it fair to say that Coopers put South Australia on the map, Brett? <laughs> oh. I think so. <laughs> Tell me more. Okay, so Coopers was founded way back in 1862 by the great man himself, <laughs> Thomas Cooper. And since then, it's owns around 5% of our national beer market. But Brett, Cooper's Brewery has seen a dip in its profits and sales over the past 12 months. We're talking a 25% drop in its net Ooh. profit and a 3.5% drop in revenue. Yikeroonies. But they reckon the 2023 financial year is their year to shine. And it's all about balancing its traditional beers with more innovation. But they won't be innovating too fast, Justin, mm-hmm. because Cooper's is very conscious of the risk in cannibalizing sales in its core product line. So what is the key learning here? Product cannibalization is the loss in sales volume or revenue when a company launches a new product and that new product takes sales away from its existing product. Now for Coopers, the risk of introducing swanky new craft beers is that it doesn't necessarily increase total purchases. In fact, they reckon that new products will actually erode the sales in their core Coopers line. But Jazzy Boy, the truth is many believe that cannibalization is actually the key to innovation. The best companies aren't afraid to replace their most profitable products. Case in point, Apple released the iPod Mm -hmm. and then cannibalized it with the iPod Nano, the iPad, and then of course the iPhone, which squashed them all. (laughs) Because if you don't self-cannibalize, you're probably leaving it to your competitors Mm. who are more than happy to take on the challenge and your market share. (laughs) Justin, look at this. We are on 448 ratings on Apple Podcasts. 448. Would love to hit the 450 flux fam. So if you're feeling kind, scroll up, hit that five-star rating and review. Big celebration at 450. (laughs) Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.